Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. You've seen the Las Vegas sphere, correct? What? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh, So, the Las Vegas sphere has been... I'm going to say fundamentally underwhelming in everything that it has done. It's been a concert venue for you too. Like the most exciting thing that it's done so far is this weekend. Like Microsoft put the Xbox logo on the sphere, which is fun because the Xbox logo has always been kind of spherical. Um, but I think that it is being grossly underutilized. I understand that it's only been up for like a month. First of all, I didn't even know it was being built. You know, I don't live in Las Vegas. So like, you know, I don't have my finger to that pulse. But I feel like I would have, I like, we should have memed on this way sooner than the day it was done with building. Dude, I think, I mean, I've been seeing it all over the place. People are saying like, it's the venue in Vegas now. Like... It is the attraction. Oh, I bet. Which means there's no, re- like, I'm the kind of person that does not like going to things when they are popular, not because I am trying to protest anything, but because I don't like being around a lot of people at once. And that just sounds like a nightmare. Like, hey, here's this big dome. Everyone get inside. But here's the thing, like, I heard, I mean, the outside is obviously incredible. The inside's obviously incredible. Apparently, the sound system inside is nuts. Everything about it is nuts. But you can see it from so far away. Yeah. That you don't need to be close. You don't need to worry about crowds because you can see it on my miles away. Can you imagine living anywhere close to that dome? Like, that sphere, like, d- d- that ruins property value, right? I don't know. Because I Cause it's I, like being able to see the Empire State Building. Or, but the Empire State Building doesn't release a sun's amount of light every just night. brightness. What is the... I mean, the Eiffel Tower releases light. Obviously not as bright. I don't think there's anything we can compare it to that's as bright. But the the Vegas Strip is already like able to be seen from space. Okay, sure. So it's already so bright. What's another like, big dome? They're like, of I mean, light. we're gonna make it worse. Give me a break. <laughs> so I think they've done basketball already on it, right? Yeah, they're trying to uh, do a UFC fight. So I'm trying to figure out what are we missing from the dome? Because I feel, like I said, I feel like we haven't maximized its potential. Um, I mean, Taylor Swift or Beyonce needs to perform there. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. You're looking at it from a practical standpoint. I'm looking at it as we have this 300 foot dome and the most exciting logo we've put on it is the Xbox logo. Also, like, think about it like this. You can pay to advertise on there. That's crazy. You can hey. rent it. You can rent it out for a day like or so hours, we, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, gang, we're going to put the permanent good logo on the dome in Vegas from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. If you guys could crowd crowdfund us, I don't know, one point two million dollars is what i imagine that time frame would look like yeah dude i'm sure it's like only slightly less expensive than a super bowl commercial yeah um but i don't know have we put emojis on is that dumb is putting emojis on it dumb should i have They've already done it okay um i'm trying to think of funny things they could put on there I mean, you could just troll somebody. <laughs> um, just like rent out the ad spot and just be like, hey, to my ex, Deborah, here's her phone number. 
Yeah, or just like <laughs> post. Because did you see that Twitter account that was just like tracking Elon Musk's private? Oh jet? yeah, 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 yeah. You just throw that on there. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff you could do. You could do like a hidden camera show um, and just put it in the Oval Office or something. That's a huge breach breach of like national security, but it'd be funny. <laughs> um, a one day campaign on the sphere costs four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my god. Half a million dollars. <laughs> For a day. For a day. Like, but in and it's so not like a guarantee. Cause like I don't know what's on the sphere now. You like, can Google it. I, I mean it is, I, it is so new. That, like, it's someone's always posting about it. It's always trending. Just yes. hashtag the sphere and y- you could double check. And this kind of goes back to, like, I'm sure that there are people that are going to be on that sphere that don't need to be on it. You know, like, we always do, like, the same conversation of, like, why does McDonald's still advertise it's McDonald's? Yeah. Um. But, you know, it's just because they're the only ones with the money. Hey, we're willing to shell out three quarters of a million dollars to spend a weekend telling you the McRib is back. It's insane, dude. Also, I'm thinking, like, do you know those companies that you only hear about during the Super Bowl and then they disappear again? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like GoDaddy? Uh-huh. I'm like, is this, like, your your year budget? I would even throw Budweiser into that mix. Doritos. Yeah. Like, we see all these products, but we don't see them advertised but once a year. I'm like, this is your entire budget. Okay, and hold on. I did find the funniest answer, and it is the Ring video. What? I'm thinking. The I have video- no idea what you're talking about. The horror movie, The Ring? Okay. I thought you were talking about like someone's ring camera. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. That is funny, though. If the sphere is just a giant ring camera. That'd be, it'd have to be, <laughs> I mean, it, just a random person's house. If Amazon just like, hey, we're just going to broadcast someone's ring camera. Now, and- I'm no conspiracy theorist. However, if the sphere was secretly like a planetary defense system i believe it oh yeah oh yeah dude it's like i mean that's what it looks like like if the dome were to like split down the middle and then go into the earth and then like a giant aa turret came up from the ground i'd be like yeah sounds about right dude if there were nukes underground or something they i mean the publicized cost for this thing is over a billion dollars god so yeah dude you could convince me that the military had some action on that yeah dude that's (laughs) the only people who have a billion dollars are billionaires and the government yeah so this is pretty suspicious so catch us doing our live show in the sphere next year. We're doing a full tour there. Dude, We're doing a residency to book it and not invite <laughs> anyone. <laughs> well, I feel like some people would go because they're like, I don't know, sphere season ticket holders. Oh, uh, yeah. So just people just like the 500 people. Hey, welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast. None of you have heard of us, and you're not going <laughs> to yeah. find us funny. That's a, Dude, yeah, I think it'd be hilarious. And then you're <laughs> walking people, because like, I don't want to be here for this. And then we're left with like 30 people. And we would have to choose like the most niche movie to talk about. Like, hey, this week we're talking about the ant bully here at the Las Vegas Sphere. Dude, it'd be so good. <laughs> and it's in Spanish. And we're going to watch it in the sphere. And it's getting broadcast on the outside of the sphere as well. Yeah. So everyone hey, can watch it. Hey, you guys like Mystery Science Theater? 
It's that, but worse and in the Las Vegas sphere. Anyway. Uh, well, this might be the one of the longest intro segments we've ever had. Um, so we should probably move That's on to our improv. so not true, and you know it. We've yeah. been running for like seven minutes. But we've had intros the time, go like we 20 minutes. we do an intro segment, we talk about like seven different things. <laughs> okay. We have never been this dialed in for this long. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. I, okay. So we're going to talk about our movie. It's our last week in our A24 Horror Month. We are talking about the 2023 Talk To Me. If you don't want to hear us talk about this movie in any way, shape, or form, you can go ahead and skip to this time code right here. Time code, 26 minutes, 35 seconds. So, Alex, you Did not like this movie. Okay. This movie, here's the thing. It's not that I didn't like this movie. This is just the thing I am most scared of, and it's new. So, The Witch was scary at the very end. Like, it was kind of scary. But it got scary at the very end. This was just scary 15 minutes, 20 minutes in and was for the rest of the movie. Okay, so I'm going to do an explanation of the mechanic of the movie. Because despite like the course of events of the movie, it's most important you understand the mechanic of it. And I'm going to break it down real quick. There is a severed, embalmed hand that this group of teenagers brings around to parties and they use it as a party trick. And the trick is, it's a, it ends up not being a trick. It's real. It's like real supernatural stuff. But somebody grabs the hand like they're doing a handshake and they say, talk to me. And then a spirit imp- appears in front of that person. And only the person holding the hand can see it. And then the person says, I let you inside or something to that effect. I let um, you in. Yeah, I let you in. And then the spirit possesses that person's body. And you have to let go of the hand within 90 seconds. Otherwise, the spirit won't leave you and you've become corrupted by the hand. And you can't let it go. Someone has to pull it out of your hand. So the first half-ish of this movie is a bunch of parties where people are using this hand as a party trick and people getting more and more reckless with it. Now, I think your assessment, you know, is very true. Like once things kind of hit the hit the fan, it kind of goes for the rest of the movie. Yeah. I found that even when things started to pick up, I found that there was a lot of lulls. Here's my main assessment of this movie is I feel like this movie wanted to do more, but was restricted by its runtime because this movie is two things there. It's um, experimenting with the hand, you know, using the hand as a party trick and then exploring how it feels and what it takes to be corrupted by the spirits of the hand. And I feel like that second part was not, as explored nearly as much as it should have been. It's there, like the end of the second act and then yeah. all of the third act. So it's like 40 minutes of a 90 minute movie, 90 minutes for this movie. Here's the thing. I'm so glad it was 90 minutes. I'm so glad I did not want more of this movie. If they had another 30 minutes, this movie would have gone from really, really scary to, I can't watch this anymore. <laughs> Um, I will say the, the move, sorry, the moments of intensity in this movie are very, very intense, which means I found a lot of the interim moments, not very engaging, 
like they do this whole investigation where um, after people start getting corrupted by the hand, they talk to the last guy that had the hand and his brother died as um, a consequence of the hand. And that whole sequence was a lot of what's the word exposition exposition. Yeah. And I found that exposition to be very interesting, but presented in a not very fun way. I would have liked this movie a lot more if we got to explore the long-term effects rather than what this movie ended up doing, which was, you know, boom, this person's corrupted. Boom. This person's corrupted. Boom. These are the consequences. Uh, That was my main thing. I think the tricky part is, is the, if the, if the long-term effects are extremely dangerous, they have to be extremely dangerous immediately. So the problem yeah. is you run out of people to tell the story because people die quickly. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think in order for them to have given that like long-term effects, how do you recover from this? People would have needed to have stayed alive longer than they were. Sure. Uh, yeah. Also, I 100% agree that there are lulls. The problem is, is when there are lulls, it it means that like no one's directly like the hand isn't getting involved. But Correct. Because there's because there's like hallucinations, hallucinations, and there's like dramatic uh, interrelationships. It's always tense. It's just not like holy crap, are we gonna watch someone kill themselves? Tense. This movie's rated R for a good reason. And yeah. It's, it's just like, it's 90% of the violence, 95% of the violence is self-harm. Yeah, it's so hard to watch that I'm like, y- yikes, dude. Macy walked away halfway through the, like the first time um, when the 50 seconds quote unquote happens, right after that happens, or like in the middle of that scene, she's like, yeah. I'm like, you might want to go. I pause. I'm like, this is. <laughs> This is getting crazy. This movie's rated off for a reason. I don't recommend it. If if spiritual things are too scary for you, this is it's it's gonna be a lot. This movie's gonna be a lot. That's the whole movie. Um, I do want to say, um, Sophie Wilde plays the main character, Mia. Uh, mm-hmm. knocks it out of the park. She carries this movie. She is so good. Um, I I really enjoyed her in this movie. Um, specifically the um chemistry that she has with her best friend Jade in this movie. Um, they had a really good dynamic. And like Alex was talking about, a lot of this movie, when it's not dealing with the hand, it's interpersonal tension. Um, Because through a course of events involving the hand, Mia is responsible for Jade's little brother being severely, severely injured. And that throws a wrench in their friendship. And watching that relation watching them maneuver through that relationship i didn't enjoy that part of the movie not that it wasn't done well it it, that's just one of those things that i don't enjoy seeing so when we would get to these big argument scenes where like mia is clearly at fault but jade is also taking out a lot of um unwarranted frustration at her and the mom is getting in the middle of it too like there was a lot of like personal stuff about this movie that while i feel like it was appropriate and done well i personally just didn't vibe with it i think a lot of that comes too with the stakes being so high yes that like even though this is a big deal hey man people are dying why does this matter 
People are out here dying. You're seeing things. You're seeing your dead mom and you're communicating with her on a regular basis. This relationship doesn't matter. Yeah. And there's like a very brief subplot where Mia sleeps with Jade's very religious boyfriend. And by sleeps, we mean like they literally went to sleep in the same bed. And it, it was one of those things where it's like, it really felt like they were like, okay, this movie needs one more thing. We got to add one more thing. Um, but I do want to say, I, I'm kind of giving this movie crap. This is a, I, this is a good horror movie, just through and through. Um, I really enjoyed the first half of this movie a lot because, like I said, when this movie gets intense, it gets intense, and I get jump scared very very easily so i tend to avoid jump scary movies and while this movie does have jump scares a lot of like the horror from it comes from the pure like visceral harm that is happening to a lot of these people um yeah these buys are getting manhandled by these spirits so and like it was dude it was also just hard to watch because they're unpredictable They're all getting possessed by different people. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what they can do or can't do. Like doors are flying open. These like suddenly people are extremely strong and you don't know when someone's going to get possessed or not possessed. You don't know if like you just don't know. And uh, yeah, dude. And then you get to a point where you don't know what's real in this movie. So I'm kind of so I'm kind of done beating around the bush with this movie. Um, I'm not going to give you the time code again, but I want to start talking some spoiler stuff. Um, I'm sure it's five, ten minutes, something like that. Um, I really like the full circle moment that this movie had at the very end. I feel like it was almost too predictable, though. It, it did that feel like that for you? Not or was it catharsis? Like it was I think. Ah. Like, oh. Yeah, I I think it was catharsis um, in a way, but because I am so critical of the back half of this movie, I feel like that full circle moment would have been so much cooler if we because my main complaint about this movie is Mia is the one that goes from zero to 100 vis-a-vis corruption like in a in a in a snap. And so. I think that if we had gotten to spend a little bit more time with Mia using the hand more frequently, but with boundaries, then we could see those boundaries wither away and we could see the hand slowly start to overtake her rather than, okay, we've done it correctly once. Now we're never going to use it correctly ever again. Um, I think the problem is, is the first time she did it, she went too long. Literally the first time she did it wrong. Yes. So I'm like, well, they explained us to rules. They broke the rules immediately. And now we're seeing the consequences. I I liked that. It was one of those like, hey, not even once. You can't mess this up even once or else you're like ruined. Sure. And I also think Mia does a lot of things that are a little too that go a little too far for how I like to see my horror characters portrayed. Like Mia is a victim in this movie, like as much as she has. As much as she is like an unreliable protagonist, she's also she's a, 17. Yeah, she's also 17 and like a victim to this hand. Um, but the yeah. moment that I feel like could have been done a little differently or better is the way she just like kills her dad is happens yeah. happens in a sequence that I think that was the moment that I saw coming a, mile, a million miles away. Because yeah. 
like I said, only the person holding the hand or corrupted by the hand can see the spirits. So there's a scene where Mia is wrestling with a spirit version or like a hallucination version of her dad. Her dad walks in, thinks it looks like she's ODing. Yeah. And so he goes to like hold her down and help her. She thinks that it's still the spirit grabs a pair of scissors and stabs him in the neck. And that's a sequence that takes mm, seven seconds. Yeah. And I mean, that whole hallucination part takes a little bit longer because she's like, I got to go. And he's like, what? And he goes, because she just, she's been hallucinating that her mom killed herself on accident. Like she OD'd on accident. And then she finds out her dad has a suicide note saying she did it on purpose. And then she sees without the hand, she looks out of the corner of her eye and like in the glass you see her mom being like he's lying and he goes she goes i gotta go to my room so now we know she's gonna grab the hand and ask some follow-up questions to the spirit and then that's like that takes a little bit longer and then there's like two minutes of her wrestling and then her dad goes from like like knocking on the door to getting stabbed 20 seconds and i here's the thing her dad is an important character of the story but he's got four minutes of screen time yes he is I would say, as far as collateral damage is concerned, he is the biggest victim of he did not sign up for this. Yeah, dude. Um, here's here's one of those things where I was like, this is one of those times where you tell your parents. Yeah, because even if they don't believe you that you're seeing spirits, they'll believe you're not okay. Yeah. Um, also, do you know how much damage you can do if you're in a padded room in a straitjacket? little i'm like that was when i was thinking i'm like if because once they have the talk with the guy who goes just so you know if you go over 90 seconds the spirits inhabit you they can't exist outside the hand for very long so they'll eventually wither away they're like it doesn't happen he goes you just gotta wait longer i'm like well then it's a time issue lock yourself in a padded room admit yourself in a psych ward which should be pretty easy to do when you tell them the story and wait it out but you know it's a movie yeah so all these like nitpicky details aside I think that at the ground level, this is very strong conceptually. I would say that conceptually, this is probably my favorite one we've watched this month. Um, It's easily the scariest. When I was watching this movie, I'm like, I would watch Green Room three more times before I watch this again. (laughs) Yeah. So all the other movies that we've watched this this month has been like horror asterisk. Um, This one, there's no asterisk here. This is like, this is insidious level horror. This is exorcist level horror. This is, hey, yeah, it's one of those. Um, so overall, I enjoyed it. Um, I, th- I think they have like a prequel and a sequel planned. I would be interested in one of those. But if one of those isn't good, then I'm not going to care about the third one. Well, I'm never, when I finish this movie, I'm like, I'm never watching one of these scary movies again. This movie, I thought I could handle scary movies because I watched The Witch at night in the dark. I watched Under the Skin at night in the dark. I watched The Green Room at night in the dark. I'm like, I am into scary movies, dude. I want to be scared. I watched this movie and I'm like, I'm never doing this again. This is a huge <laughs> mistake. I had a countdown on my phone because I kept pausing it and being like, how much time do I have left? How much time do I have left? But every time you pause it, time stops. The movie isn't going anymore. You have to hit play to keep it going. So I had a countdown on my phone. So the movie never stopped. I'm like, we just need to get through this. And I put that timer on with 38 minutes left in the movie. (laughs) Dude, it's 
crazy. This movie, you get to see like people getting tortured in hell, presumably. It's crazy. Yeah. If you are spiritual or religious at all, this movie is going to trigger you. <laughs> it is uh, not a fun time. I would say. But it is very well done. I would say that for me, the movie peaked um, when the brother is doing his tantrum. Uh, the first time or the second time? The one where he almost pulls his eye out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, when that happened to my, oh, don't like this, don't like this, don't like this, don't like this. So, <sighs> so all in all, I think this movie um, tries really hard to do what it wants to do. Um, but I think that it is missing a few key points. So that being said, I still like this movie. I still, I still think it's cool. I would recommend it amongst a list of other scary movies. Um, I think this is going to rest comfortably at like a 6.5. Okay. Um, on a fear scale, for me, this is an 8.5. Okay. It's so scary for me. I, I mean, there is room, and it would just be a longer movie doing more of it. Um, I think on a movie scale, um, I didn't like a lot of the characters. I felt like there were some plot holes. I felt like there was there were smarter ways they could have gone about it. Um, I'm gonna give it a six and a half. That felt so. like a very spur of the moment decision. Like you hadn't yeah. quite decided. I'm, I just like it was one of those things. Where I'm like, I don't think this is a good movie. It's only good because I was scared. But if you take the scary parts out and you like, for instance, if we just saw from the perspective of people who couldn't see the the possession, like the demons, um, and you just saw people like freaking out and hallucinating, this movie would not be very good. It would be good, but not that good. So it, I mean, I if know. you want, if you want to watch a non-demonic, like a non-spiritual version of this movie, um, I feel like the Elizabeth Moss Invisible Man kind of strikes that chord a yeah. little bit, and it's done very well. Yeah, that's I like that movie a lot. So if you made it this far and you're like, eh, this movie not, let me start on something a little tamer. The 2020 Invisible Man movie is probably closer to up your speed. Yeah. That, and I gave that movie, I mean, that was like before we started putting episodes out. I think I gave it like an eight. Yeah, me that too. That movie's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it a six and a half, but on a fear level, it is phenomenal. All right. Moving on to our improv segment. We decided that the rest of our bits were too low effort, so we needed to have a high effort improv bit to balance it out. Um, I don't know how well it's going to work. I need to stop couching our improv bits with my lack of confidence. The fact yeah. that I have low self-esteem should not affect how the audience feels about our comedic ability. So, that being said, yes. our segment this week is Consistent Cutaways, where we do a scene, and when the scene prompts itself, we cut to a different scene. And then we do that, we play it out, and then we go back to the original scene. Sometimes, we incept ourselves a little bit, but we have to be okay with that. Yeah, man, uh, I think this is always fun to do. I think this is also a, a little improv thing that anybody can do, and it's almost always fun. Yes. So uh, I can't believe we created this, to be honest with you. <laughs> and to be honest, if we accidentally stole it from somebody, I totally get it. This is a great idea. Um. Okay, you got you got something? Uh, no, Um. but I can come up with something. I'm kind of going with the fall theme for this episode. I want... Because, I mean, Halloween's coming out before our next episode. Um, so I kind of want that vibe. Um, what if we could do, like, a costume contest and we're judges? 
And we're kind of just talking about, hey, remember last year when that happened? Or what does this costume remind you of? Or how is this person, what score should we give them? Uh, just like super generic stuff, but we always find a way to make it interesting. Okay. I, okay. <sighs> All right, guys. Um, it's been, you know, tough competition this year. You know, we saw we saw 13 Barbies. We saw two Beetlejuices. We saw a meat dress Lady Gaga. Haven't seen that one in a few years. But um, uh, let's let's lay out all the candidates and uh, let's let's see what we got here. Um, uh, let's see. We got this um, Samus Aaron from Metroid, which is like a super cool kind of like techno suit. However, we also got a sexy angel. You know, Greg. Every time, every year, we do this. It's always a battle between showing skin and not even knowing there's a person in the suit. Like, yeah, and. Seeing that this is a high school, we got to stop rewarding these high schoolers with lingerie. Um, that being said, you know, what? I uh, we have way too many uh, parents here. I think I think Metroid wins. Samus wins this one. OK, hold on. You keep overriding my vote, claiming that, you know, I have some sort of affinity to like skimpier outfits. I would like to say. That for the last five years, I have been voting on every single Minecraft-themed costume that has come through here. And I don't know if you know this, but that's a lot. We live in the Midwest. All these people have is Minecraft. Oh, fucking uh, Cut to last year when there's an Enderman, which is just a person painted all black with no clothes on. <sighs> all right. So, um... Uh, I feel like I'm we gonna... shouldn't talk about this for a number of reasons. Let's, um, I think this person loses. And to be honest, can we get this person a towel? And is the counselor, we need to get this person a towel. Is the counselor around? Can we grab them? Um, you know what? Let's just turn off the lights until we can call some parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, this seems like a dangerous situation for everyone right now. This is a um, bad idea. Everyone put your phones away. We are going to have to scrub through them because, guys, you do not want the charges that's going to come with the, having those phones after you we leave this room. We need parents on site immediately. And Craig, 10 out of 10. Really? Minecraft again? I just, I think it's important to encourage people's passions. Craig, this is completely inappropriate. They're the only person wearing a Minecraft theme this year. You can't just guarantee people 10 points. It's not fair to the other contestants. And obviously we've been encouraging bad behavior. Um, Cuts back to the original scene. You know, I'm going to be honest. The fact that we were able to do it again this year is kind of a miracle. I feel like every year there's some sort of, um, I'm going to call it a cultural mishap. That oh, uh, Really? Because I think in the news it was called a fiasco. Okay. Well, fiasco implies there was some sort of panic. I feel like everyone has been very interested to see what happens every year. Well, this year we have security because of two years ago. Okay, hold on. How was I supposed to know that that Indiana Jones had a real whip? Cuts to two years ago. Hey, man, um, that whip is loud. Like, I really mean, loud. I mean, he's probably just, like, really good with it. Like, I mean... Do you think he can do sound effects? Does he just have, like, a speaker? I don't know. But, like, we checked all the weapons to make sure that they were, like, foam or rubber, right? Yeah, all orange tip. But I don't know if we checked the whips. I mean, they're not guns and they weren't knives. So I think he just walked in here. Hey, do you think we can ask him to whip something? Um, Yeah, but we got to make sure that it's something, like, 
not very dangerous to whip or you might hurt anybody. Um, hey, uh, hey, hey kid, um, can you go ahead and whip the, uh, the basketball hoop? Just kind of like, you know, tie it around the basketball hoop. And he broke the glass and he broke the glass. Okay. Okay. Um, Hey man, we're going to need to see that. Yeah. Um, going to have to call your parents and there may or may, I mean, this is straight up vandalism. Well, we um, asked him to do it. Yes. But the police are going to want to question us. Okay. So, hey, hey, come here. Come here. We're yeah. going to th- we're gonna throw this kid under the bus, right? Oh, 100%. Like that kid did that of his own volition. Nobody, hey, who, who's going to hey, say- if you bring a weapon to school and we ask you to test to see if it's not real and you break something, it is not our fault because we didn't think it was real. Hey, why did we let the kid test it? I feel like we should have tested it. Are you familiar with whips? Because I'm not. We would have hurt ourselves. You're right. We would have 100% hurt ourselves. It was somehow safer to let the kid use the whip. You're right. Because, yes, obviously. All right, cut back to modern day. And that's why the police are here. Okay, but you have to understand that, like, the people that put in the effort to do, like, full Catwoman also deserve a little bit of praise, you know? But this goes back to last year because Catwoman notoriously inappropriate outfit for high school. Okay, but last year, the Batman had just come out. You know, people were all excited about Zoe Kravitz. You know, I think I think last year was appropriate. I feel like the sins of 2022 should not carry any further. Well, let's um let's just do a speed run of all the Barbies this year and see if we can just eliminate people automatically because we do have a dress code. Um, I think oh. that that's kind of unfair because you know it's Barbie. Oh, you, because it's the rules. If I see one more shirtless Ken, I'm gonna start suspending people. Okay, I do have a question: Is open jacket the same thing as shirtless? I shouldn't be able to see your chest. Huh. Like. If I can, if there's nothing in between your neckline and your waistline, you gotta go. I just want to say a lot of students have been asking me for Halloween costume advice because they know I'm on the judging board, and I have been giving them maybe a lot of advice that you are currently contradicting. So I think that to be fair, we should let everyone go this year. And then next year, we'll make like a more public announcement about the rules. So that way I don't get in trouble with these kids. Because wait, 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 wait. Enderman. And there's another Enderman here. Oh, turn off the lights. lights. Turn off the lights. lights. Hit the lights. (laughs) 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 Oh, good stuff. Oh, man, dude. We can make something out of nothing, dude. I'm in love. That was sweet. (laughs) <laughs> all right alex what do we have for our middle segment we haven't done this in two years don't you guys love it when we say that don't you guys love it when we pull a bit from the abyss and you know gang you guys know we put bits in the abyss for a reason so yeah we haven't done this since halloween like the movie halloween <laughs> our first classic horror slashers for october october 27th i think it came out yeah october 27th of 2021 we did hypothetically hot or not and we have not done it since and before that we hadn't done it since episode 19 so i mean it's got some uh gaps between use so believe it or not i'm gonna need you to fill me in on this one 
So basically, I create, I just say a concept like um, you get to design how to how, how to best design a jack-o'-lantern. And then okay. I have created the best answer, like what's the best jack-o'-lantern and the worst jack-o'-lantern. I actually do like this segment a lot. I just and forget I have, we have it. I have prepped these answers. I've kind of thought about it. You get 10 seconds. Okay. And you have to come up with the best way. We'll do the best way first, and then we'll do the worst way, usually immediately afterwards, so you can't really think about it. And then I'll give you my thought out, my prepped answers. So audience, you can play along with this as well. I'll give the category, and then you have 10 seconds to just come up with a better answer than what I can come up with. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. So what is the best way to create a costume for Halloween? Go. Okay. So- what you got to do is you have to hit the Wait, second. Craig, I will say you have 10 seconds to think about it before you have to start talking. Okay. <laughs> you have 10 seconds to think about it, and then you have to give a thought out answer. Okay. Well, because I jumped the gun on this one, there's no way I'm going to be able to think of a different answer. Go so um, I think that you have to go for the second most popular thing, right? So this year, obviously, like, Barbie and Ken, most popular costume. That's not a problem. I'm not judging people that do it. I think it would be great. Um, so, but you have to go to the one beneath that. You have to you have to do the second most popular. All right. So you have to look through everything that's you know happened this year and think what is the second most popular thing this year. I'll tell you right up front. It's the Las Vegas Sphere. So boom, there's your Halloween costume. <laughs> okay, you can do that, or you can plan about a year in advance, create something not only weatherproof but also insulated in case you go trick or treating and the weather's inclement outside. And then maybe you could have a power device um, that like moves the costume in a super cool way and also completely hides the wearer, so no one really knows who's in it. And with that much room, you can create really a timeless costume. <laughs> And I think mine's a little bit better. Now, same idea. How do you create? What is the worst Halloween costume? Or what's the worst way to create a Halloween costume? You got 10 seconds. All right, time's up. What you <laughs> <Okay>. got? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that the worst way to prepare a Halloween costume is This could like, also just be like chaotic evil, by the way. Yeah, Most of my answers are chaotic evil. I know. I'm kind of going chaotic neutral at this one. Where okay. um, your kid's like, I don't have a Halloween costume. And it's the morning of the 31st. And yeah. then you just kind of pull clothes out of the closet and just be like, here's an oversized shirt. You're going as your dad for Halloween. Okay. That's not so different from mine. My worst way to do it was to rob a homeless person and go as a hobo. Yeah. Very similar our answers. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think mine might be a little bit worse. Yeah. But neck and neck, man. Uh, next one is desi- deciding whether or not you're too old to get trick or- to go trick-or-treating. What's the best way to decide? Start thinking. I'm going to say that the best way to decide is to go one year after people start telling you you're too old. Because people in their homes are always going to tell you you're too old. Y- those are not reliable sources. It's your friends. When your friends decide, hey, is this the year that we're too old? You say, let's do it one more time. And if it feels wrong this time, then we'll retire it. Okay, mine is to survey the neighborhood. See if you're the oldest or kind of older. Um, but if you want a safe 
way to find out, take a younger sibling or cousin and then walk up to a house. If they say something about your age, just be like, hey, I'm just here to take somebody else. I'm here with my cousin, my sibling. And then it takes the pressure off you. And now you know you're too old. I'm going to say ours were pretty even on that one. Okay, we'll call it a die. What's the worst way to find out? Go. I'm going to say the worst way. This one's hard. Worst way to decide or worst way to find out? Um, The worst way to decide is to not decide. Do it forever. Let no one stop you. And when people say, I'm not giving you candy, you're too old, reach into the bowl and grab it yourself. My worst one is you're actually never too old. At best, you get booze from the parents. And at worst, you can case them for egging, TPing the house, or just a straight up B and E. I do love that that idea of just like, hey, you didn't give me a fun sized Hershey bar. Prepare for me to break your windows and steal yeah. your plasma screen. Thanks for giving me a peek inside your house. <laughs> like, do you ever um like? When you go trick-or-treating, a lot of people will like wa- actively watch TV in their living room so that way they're close by. And like they'll yeah. have their window open so that way they can see people come up. Yep. I, f- I felt so like, you know, I'm 11. I didn't, you know, have the words for this. But I felt like such a peeping Tom when I would like go trick-or-treating and be like, oh, these guys are watching football tonight. These guys are watching you know, the news and like I can fully see what people are watching in there. The it just thing felt- I didn't like was there's windows on either side of the door and you'd peek through the window to see if people were coming. Yeah. And I'm uh-huh. like, bro, I'm straight up looking into this person's house. right now. <laughs> Crazy. All right. I think I, I won that one because you didn't include anything involving breaking and entering. Cr- yeah. All right. Next one. We got two more left. Um. On the clock, what is the best thing to do during the fall? What do you mean by on the clock? I mean, you got 10 seconds. Well, now you got four seconds. I think the best thing to do during fall is take advantage of the incredibly neutral weather because fall and wet or fall and spring are my tide ish for favorite times of year just because like I get to have my window open I get to you know not be sweating the second I step outside so I think that fall early fall early to mid fall is like perfect window for outdoor activity I said plan the perfect weekend go on a drive to see the changing colors of the trees schedule a good old hayride on a farm Go to a corn maze, pick out your pumpkins and decorate them, possibly go apple picking and then top it off with making some caramel apples and watching a nostalgic family movie. Which is basically what I said. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> uh, what's the worst thing to do at the during fall? You might actually beat me on this one. I could not come up with something. I'm going to say the worst thing. Oh, um, ooh, I'm going to say something that might be the worst thing, but it might actually be the best thing. I'm going to say it's the worst time to break up with your partner because chances are they already have holiday plans for you. They've already thought about your Christmas gift. They've already planned like a couple's costume. You know, they've let their family know that you're coming over for Thanksgiving. Like, hey, the week before Halloween upsets a lot of plans if you do a breakup then. Um, two things. You definitely beat mine because mine was the worst thing you can do is go to school and study. Okay. And the second thing is you must have a sneak peek into our last category because it's how to find a significant other 
significant other during cuffing season. Um, so what's the best way to find someone, Craig, during this uh, cuddly time? Huh. So unfortunately, my advice is coming a little too late. But what you could do is, you know, it's still showing. You can go to the Taylor Swift movie, go during like <laughs> peak hours. And j- while everyone is like dancing along, you just kind of you look a little you stand there and you look confused. Like you look excited, but like a little hesitant. Somebody's going to come up to you and like encourage you and hype you up a little bit. So that's the this year specific one. In terms of, I'm going to say, stand in an area and look confused. This <laughs> year, is the prime location is the Taylor Swift Eras movie. Every other, it's subject to change every year. Uh, I said, host a fall party and invite all your close friends. Uh, kind of tell them on the low that they should invite whoever they want, but especially like single friends who might be a little lonely this time of year. And then uh, at the party, just introduce yourself and see who you can you can really connect with at the least you'll be making friends and maybe you can you know have a lot in common with these people who your friends have already vetted and you can form a relationship i think that yours relies on your friends having other single friends which is a gamble yeah but i mean my friends do have single i mean craig you are my friend do you have single friends not really well never mind i think mine (laughs) is a little bit better of a plan than stand there and look confused though Uh, yes sure and what's the worst way to find a significant other during cuffing season or the most evil way to find a significant other during cuffing season tinder final answer yeah sorry i don't i don't have a longer bit that, that one's just the truth Mine says, sort through all your social media friends and look for someone recently broken up with. Uh, They're going to be lonely because they probably did have plans during the holiday season. And then just reenact the show you. You know they're desperate. Do some stalking. Do some heavy researching and carefully infiltrate their lives as a casual friend. I have a friend that will always tell me when they're in the talking stage with someone but won't always tell me whenever they either exit the talking stage in a good way or exit the talking stage in a bad way, which means I have no temperature on like whether or not I can like play flirt or actual flirt with this person. And it is (laughs) incredibly frustrating. Um, That anecdote didn't have a fun segue to it. I'm sorry. Um, No worries, bro. I just feel sad. (laughs) Just feel bummed out. Um, Craig, uh, the the house was stacked against you. I, I definitely won that one. That's hypothetically hot or not. It will come back eventually. If it's yeah. not back soon, it will be back. It's a banger. Um, for our one hit wonder, this is this is a segment I'm calling tricked, not treated. I have a list here of they're listed as April Fool's pranks, but hey, when you Google pranks, um, April Fool's pranks are the ones that come up. Yeah, makes um, sense. This one is geared towards April Fool's pranks that parents can pull on your kids. And we're going to talk about these. I think it would be best to talk about them from the perspective of the child. Because I've gone through some of these. And, um, well, let's just start. Okay. Well, also, my kids aren't really old enough to be pranked. Yeah. It would just be mean. <laughs> Uh, and that's but here's the thing that's kind of the age group that this article seems to be written for is Ugh. oh you're just going to be mean to your kids for a second cuz they so, can't decipher 
whether or not you're bullying them or joking unless yeah. you tell them and it'll just be too real and uh i mean how early do you want to start the trauma i guess so number one is a toilet seat surprise for, uh just for the record this is from barry360.com um and uh you gotta find a funny scary or silly picture that can be taped underneath the toilet seat for a hilarious surprise be sure to put the top lid down to really catch them off guard um <clears throat> I have a different toilet prank that almost got me grounded. Um, <laughs> is it poppers under the seat? What was it? Is it poppers under the seat or saran wrap? Um, ketchup packets. Oof. Um, I got My this boy. from- boy, why? <laughs> why? I got this from a Diary of a Wimpy Kid book. And um, the idea was you put ketchup packets under the the the- stoppers of the seat so that way when somebody sits down on it the pressure causes the ketchup to in a perfect world burst out of the packet and onto the backs of their legs i put them on backwards so they just went into the toilet seat or onto the toilet instead and my mom told me that if i had done the prank correctly i definitely would have gotten grounded (laughs) uh yeah good to know um, up next we have sponge cake, which is, Hey, guess what? Take a bunch of sponges and dress them up like cake. Um, if you are a kind of parent, like here's the problem with that prank is if you are a good parent, you're stopping your kid before they ingest a sponge. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I like that one, dude. Cause it's one of those <laughs> things that like, it's not cake. It's actually something you can't eat. Okay. Well now I've just wasted a bunch of chocolate icing and now my kids are sad. Yeah. Like, I paid for this. They're bummed. I'm bummed because I also want cake. I mean, this is a net loss for everyone. Up next, we have the jelly bean dispenser. Swap out the ice in your ice dispenser for jelly beans or another candy of choice. I put a fake spider in ours. Oh. So when you put it in, the spider falls. And let me tell you, that trick never gets old because you never know when to expect it. My mom got mad every time. Okay, so this was something you did when you were in high school? Middle school, most of the time. Okay. I mean, that's okay. when you have access to fake bugs, is middle you, school. Um, You said it so casually. I thought this was a trick you were playing on Macy regularly. I mean, I could. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> but here's the thing. You got to be careful that they don't break what's ever in. Because mine are about like half the size of your palm. Like These sure. are big spiders. A lot of time you're filling up ice with glasses. Yeah. And it's just like now I'm like, well, I don't want to break any of my stuff. I paid for this. Uh, up next, we have grow your own donuts. Give your kids donut seeds to plant in a planter. And while the kids are sleeping, place real donuts on a sticker straw in the same location as the seeds were planted. They'll be this excited. This is like making your kids dumb. Yeah. Not only is it making your kids dumb, but the prank is then that you have to break their spirit. You have to... They get they get so excited. Oh my God, donut plants! And you have to be the one to be like, Oh, Tommy, you didn't think that was real, did you? you like, I had no reason idiot. to think it wasn't real. Because here's how you find out it wasn't real: you plant seeds and nothing grows. But the next day, something grew. That's the experiment. So like, I would be dumb if I planted the seeds and nothing grew because obviously you can't grow donuts. But if something does grow, I'm not stupid. I'm a scientist. Um, toothpaste Oreos. Uh, I classic. would say I would say of the ones on this list so far, 
that one's your best bet to just be like to to come across as like an actual prank to your kids. That's like I feel like that's a classic. I I feel like you know they get upset they had some toothpaste, but like they'll be fine. You know, I think that one is lowest risk prank to your kid. Yeah, for sure. Um, no up up next we have the fifty two pickup oh. with a with a spin. It says, take a deck of cards out of the box and hide it on top of a ceiling fan. Ask your kid to turn on the fan and watch it rain kings and queens. Now, gang, I don't know what fans you guys are using to where they go from zero to 60 instantly, but I've seen ceiling fans before. It's not going to rain kings and queens like it's a scene from Now You See Me. Like, the cards are just going to slide off the ceiling fan. And then hit the ground and then spread out. Also, I here's what I hate about 52 pickup. What's to say the other person can't walk away and be like, you made this prank, you pick them up? Yeah. Like, that's dumb. I hate that. That, that was a dumb one. Always thought it was a dumb one. Um, Instant cheese juice. This one's gross. Oh, I don't like this at all. Um, Fill up a juice jug with water and mix in a packet of powdered cheese to make it look like orange punch. Um, That one's pretty like raw. I don't people's food, dude. This is the whole Oreo and this. I don't, I don't want my kids to worry about what i'm feeding them yeah this is like borderline poison (laughs) and i don't want to be like hey we're going out to eat this is a nice restaurant i want you guys to try crab for the first time like i don't want to be like why because i threw up and had food poisoning from when you fed me cheese and i thought it was orange juice so like no i'm not doing this i'd be like fair point Um, fair point that's on me Last one, DIY fortune cookies. Um, Use a pair of tweezers to pull out the original fortune cookie message and replace it with your own version. 100% support this. That's the best one. one. This one's good. This one's good. You can make it super customized. So like, what? So you can know exactly, you know, what level to prank your child at. Hey, do you think your six-year-old would find it funny if they pull out a fortune cookie that says you're adopted? That's up to you to decide. Or be like, hey, kid's name. I bet you didn't think these cookies were real. Yeah. And then lucky numbers are their birthday or social security. That'd be freaking <laughs> crazy. Also, like people propose this way. Yeah. Like fortune cookie jokes are like the no, no one's truly a victim. They're awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way we can talk about pranking your kids without talking about James Kimmel. Yeah, um, the Halloween candy. Yeah, he's just a bully, right? Like, I we're all on the same page about this. <laughs> don't mind it, except for the fact that the parents are recording it. Yeah. It, it so, was, if I recall correctly, because I kind of remember it becoming popular as we were kids, as we were growing up. And I feel like the first one was like genuine like ah we're being a little silly ha 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 but then once it like started going viral and it was like the most popular segment on the show jimmy kimmel was like bring me the crying children (laughs) i don't think so but i think when thousands of people are sending you submissions you take the ones where the parents are straight up grammy award-winning no grammy oscar award-winning actors and they have chocolate on their face and rappers in the trash and they have stomach aches from eating and they're like, where's my candy? They're like, I feel sick. Like, don't take it that far. And I know you're trying to get on television. This is your 15 minutes of fame. I don't think the problem with Jimmy is like he gave those people a platform. Is <laughs> <laughs> he encouraged bad behavior? Because he didn't ask for people to do that. <laughs> but like that happened. 
So I support it. You should do it to your kids. I think it's funny if you do it once. Don't record it. Don't send it to other parents. It is embarrassing for them. And you got to keep that in your family. And also, also it would benefit if um, you're doing it to like help them in some way. Like, oh, if you're showcasing that, oh, this is what happens when you get a tummy ache from eating too much candy. Then sure, you know, add a, add a lesson to it. Add a, add a Sesame Street lesson to it. But I mean, like kids get like four holidays a year. Yeah. So like, don't ruin this for them. <laughs> Just make keep this within the family. Have this little thing. But also know that like you should let them prank you back however they choose, you know, because it's not fair. Yeah. I don't know. That's just a personal thing. We might be taking this too seriously, but kids get legitimately traumatized from this and the younger, the worse it is. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with that. That's not really my style. I'm not a prank guy. Well, that being said, um, we're done with that now. Um, I do have something that I want to talk about for free balling real quick. Sure, Um, send it. Uh, Spider-Man 2 came out today as of recording. Uh, yeah. Um, Incredible. Best I have some maybe controversial opinions about this game. I don't yes. know. The game's only been out for a day. But, you know, all the reviewers were giving it between 8 and 10 out of 10. Um, I don't think that this game... I just want to say I like this game a lot. I like this game a lot. I'm going to be playing it forever. I don't think this game improves upon a lot of things from the last game now i understand that's a tall order the game the first game was already really good how do you improve an already good product and the answer to that question is remove the tedium and i think the first game got away with a lot of tedious activities because you're spider-man and i think what the game is trying to accomplish with all these tedious tasks is give you more time as Spider-Man. All the all the padding that this game has is simply to allow you to experience Spider-Man for longer, which is fair. I don't blame Did them for that. They just make the world bigger too. They just get more New York City. Yes, but all these districts have five crimes to do, two photo yeah. ops. Um, you have to find Prowler tech. You have to find these spider drones. You have to find these Sandman crystals. Like, it's collectible upon collectible upon collectible upon collectible. And, like, I find all of these side quests a little annoying. Like, all of the science projects that you do with Spider-Man. Like, there are these kiosks that you find where, like, you're helping an environmental program, like rebuild some things. And it's like, okay, time to gather some data on these flowers. Now I have to go compute the molecules to make sure that it's optimized the best way possible. Now I have to plug these leaks in the water system. Like all that stuff is so boring. I could not care less. And so, but what this game does do very well is it balances the time you spend between Peter and Miles. Um, I prefer playing as Peter, um, but I don't dislike the time I spend with Miles. And you can free roam as whomever you want. Um, it's just that certain missions are tied to certain characters. Um, but it's not like one is overpowering the other vis-a-vis screen time or I'm just going to say screen time because my other complaint is that it's very obvious that Peter Parker is solving adult problems and Miles Morales is not. (laughs) 
Like, Miles has complex emotions and is dealing with grief, and obviously. However, like, the Spider-Man side quests are, like I said, you know, let's help the environment. We have to save the planet, you know? Uh, we have to solve these big crimes. And then Miles is like, can you help me ask someone to homecoming? Can yeah. you follow this drone to take a video of our school? Like, hey, I understand that the deal with Spider-Man is that, like, no problem is too big or too small for him. But, like, at a certain point, you should say no to some of these things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you're one of the Avengers. Yeah. Chill out. So, but. Negative out of the way. It's still fun. Um, I imagine if you have not played Spider-Man since the Miles Morales game came out three years ago, this will be perfect. I think I suffer from a little bit of I played both Spider-Man and Miles Morales this year. So this is my third Spider-Man game this year. Um, So I think I'm suffering from just experiencing a lot of it back to back to back. Mm -hmm. But... Overall, it's still a fantastic experience. All the suits look amazing. The gadgets are fun. The combat is fluid. The traversal... Dude, traversal is so good. Like, they added a few new mechanics that allow you to up your speed like nobody's business. And just cranking through the city is very satisfying. That could just be the whole game. Yeah. Um, Dude. So, yeah. Spider-Man 2. Good game. So, he did. I've been playing Red Dead, Starfield, and Forza. That's yes. it. Yes. Um, are you going to look into motorsport at all, or is that kind of past you? Motorsport is like for the tryhards. Like sure. Everything take pl- takes place on a track. Yeah. And uh, and it, the physics are a little bit more difficult than Horizon. Horizon's definitely arcade, but you can make it not arcade. Like They let you make it as hard as you want. I mean, motorsport is like 100%. It's it's a sim racer. Yeah. So when I get a sim set up, I'll do it. But I'm like, I'm not really interested in that. I like driving in traffic. I like driving on the street really fast. Driving on a track really fast is it's nothing to me right now. And there's way too many games out there for me to be playing than to replace a great racing game with something I probably don't like. That's fair. Understandable. But yeah. But I'm just cycling those three games. When I'm done with Starfield, I'll hop over to Cyberpunk. But right now, I'm happy, dude. This this rotation's fire. All right, rock on. Well, next week, we are watching The Lobster with Colin Farrell. Um, from what I've heard about this movie, the only thing that I'm going to preface with is uh, good luck. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be scared. So yeah. I'm freaking down for whatever, dude. <laughs> I also don't watch movies very much anymore because I've been playing video games so much. So this will be like an ode to the old podcast me. I'm really excited. But until then, my name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces. Deuces.